I'm AC Brown, and you're listening to Is My Aura On Street, a podcast designed to help you start living from your core instead of your conditioning. Each week, we'll have deep conversations that will help you create a powerful transformation that shifts your perspective in life, love, and business with topics ranging from spiritual self-development, human design, astrology, metaphysics, and everything in between. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Is My Aura On Straight? I am your host, AC Brown. I am your psychic channel and voice of truth. And I want to welcome you all back to another episode of my podcast, Is My Aura On Straight? And today I have two special guests, the yogi couple. I'm sorry, the yoga couple. I like to say yogi every time I say, because when I was doing your charts, I did yogi Matt and yogi Ash. <laughs> but the yoga, couple, the yoga couple so welcome to is my aura on straight how are you all doing today absolutely great thanks for having us yes we're so excited thank you for having us so i've been snooping around on your channels and some of the stuff that you do with your books and everything my first question to you all because you all have been really talking about some really heavy stuff lately to your audience. Um, Ash, you just had a live about your money, PTSD and blocks. And Matt, you've been talking about some stuff with pornography and just some healing stuff that you both have been doing. So my first question to you all is, is your aura on straight? (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Well, I think we have to adjust it every day, but yes. (laughs) Okay. So that's good. What about you, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the, the irony is, is we do this healing work to, to keep our aura aligned. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's good. Cause I mean, you talked about some really tough, tough, tough topics. So I want to go back to before you became the yoga couple and I want to know your story of not when you met, but mostly when you both realized and became self-aware on your spiritual journeys and what did that do for you when you finally did meet? What was the before meeting? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I like this question a lot. A lot. Most of the time we get asked, like, how did we meet, right? And then it's like this whole story of the saga of that. But uh, yeah, that's a great question because it's like the work you do before you meet your partner that kind of aligns you to be ready for that relationship. And I kind of have goosebumps now that you asked that, cause we've never been asked that before about like, where were we before uh, we came together and, you know, Matt will tell his story, but for me, I, I think before I met Matt, I was kind of like in the matrix per se, like I wasn't fully awake, like I was doing my yoga practice and going to yoga studios and I was reading spiritual books, and like diving into it. But I was like at the very beginning stages of that spiritual awakening where you start to kind of come into your truth, right? And realize like the life that you've been shown and the family that you've been grown up in and the way you've seen things be done isn't the only way. And I started to get really curious about that. And I was in kind of like what I would call my like normie relationship. I had like a boyfriend, we had a dog, we worked in like the service industry and on paper, it looked like really 
good. Like this is, you should just move forward, get married. And this should be like the thing, like there's nothing actually wrong, but my soul was yearning for something much deeper. I wanted to have a spiritual companion that I could, you know, do this like inner work with to heal, to find out like my true purpose, to have some sort of shared devotion in whatever context that ended up being like, I didn't care. I just wanted somebody that understood, like we're on a soul journey here. It's not just about this. Let's have a career and have buy a house and have this perfect life. And I was missing that depth. So I started to actually like pray about it a lot and journal about it. And I was writing like, if I had the choice and like the, the possibilities were infinite, what would I imagine my day-to-day life actually being like, if I didn't just think like, this is the way it is. And I started to journal a lot about like, I wake up on an Island, like I'm with my soul companion. And like, I, I like wrote about like what my regular day would be like. I wrote about like what, what it would feel like to just be in a normal day together. And I started to like set my intentions on like opening myself up to like other possibilities. And when I started to put my mind into that space, then all of a sudden Matt appeared out of nowhere. Right. So, uh, that was kind of the place I was in right before, right before I met Matthew. Oh, wow. And you, Matt, where were you at? Yeah, it was a very, very conscious leading up to it. Um, so I guess the, the backstory on what led us into this, um, shared passion for alleviating suffering is, so I was, I set out my whole life to be a doctor. So, um, and even in my human design, my archetype is the healer. So I evidently was on point subconsciously because my whole life I was, I've been craving to be the ultimate healer or in other words, to alleviate suffering of others in my highest, most, you know, biggest potential. How can I do that? And so I pursued so many different avenues of how to do that. I was in naturopathic medical school. And I think to answer that question of like, how did my spiritual awakening totally (laughs) alter and realign my life and lead me to this point is I think that was the biggest turning point for me. I had studied psychology in uh, undergrad and I was always really fascinated by this whole concept of the mind and the ego and all of these, these topics. But then when I got into naturopathic medical school, I was finally exposed to so many different spiritual beliefs other than what I was raised in. And they were all the Eastern traditions like Buddhism, Hinduism, yoga, things like this that just blew my mind and changed and utterly changed my life because I actually left all the conventional forms of healing to be a, to be a more holistic healer. And then, uh, along that journey. So it was like, I left met naturopathic medical school and then I wanted to be a therapist, tried that. And then ran into the same limitations of there's no soul here. There's no, like, we're not talking about the real deeper spiritual context. So Uh, I kept running into blockages. And then when I found yoga and enlightenment and spirituality, I saw, ah, this is the real source of suffering. This is where it all starts. If we don't look at these deeper spiritual things, you can give someone the perfect body, perfect mental health, and they can still be depressed. They can still be upset. Um, They can still be sad because they still have to contemplate things like death or loss. And if we don't have a spiritual context, there is no real alleviation from those things. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I was. I was on this like quest, uh, at that time. And then 
when I, when I was getting really clear on who I wanted to be and what I wanted to share, then this, I had this massive obsession with finding my, my, my companion to share in that journey with. So right before Ash and I met, I was actually doing some really interesting conscious stuff too, of, I was doing the same thing, writing it out, journaling. I was like, okay, I see my partner. I'm, I would write out like what I wanted to feel like, what, what are we doing? What's our life mission together? And all these things of what this would look like. And I even did these things too, where I, I, because I was learning all this information at the, uh, at that time, it was all very new to me and I was very excited. So I was like, okay, so if we're all connected, then she can hear me right now. And so I would do like these things where I'd be like going throughout my day and I would be talking to her in my head and I'd be like, Hey babe, just how's your day going? Love you. Just so you know, we're going to find each other soon and uh, can't wait to see you. And I would do these little, these little, you know, I call them like little kooky things, but I would do these things because I was trying to really experiment and body with and, and embody this concept of if we are all connected, then she should be receiving my messages technically. Mm. And so I'm going to start acting like she's already there. And so I was doing these little things and journaling and reflecting on it and really actively pursuing this pursuit of like, I want to find my companion to do this healing work with. And then like Ash said, you know, she was also doing that and her own version of it. And then she literally accidentally Google searched and found my blog and like this whole magical unfoldment of how she literally just randomly found me. And then the rest is kind of history. So just destiny pretty much. Totally. But so with that being said, so you both were in spaces where you were doing the work, you were acting as if, you know, visualizing all of that. How did you do that? And how do you suggest people do that? Because everybody wants love and wants to find their ultimate partner. How do you do that when life is happening and when you are dating and when you are, you know, dealing with social media, with dating apps and all of that and staying in that high vibration to do those things, you know, to say, you know, do those little tidbits of, hey, I know you're listening and stay in that kind of positive mindset to call that person in. Mm. So the immediate thing that's coming to me is first is to be aware if we are trying to project that image onto somebody who's not that like I was in a relationship, right? And I could have just got stuck on this concept of the type of relationship I wanted and just like projected it onto my current partner. I mean, like we had, we, we had a whole life together. We lived together. We had a dog. Like it was like this, you know, thing of like, we're probably going to just do this forever now when like, get married and you're the one. Right. And the fear of the unknown, if it's not going to be with that person you're already with is so daunting that we try to conform the person we're dating or whoever into the thing that we think that they are. And that's actually our imagination being projected onto them. Like we're not seeing them as they are. And so one of the first things I could say is like, I would have never found Matt if I was too busy projecting onto my current boyfriend. Like I would have got caught up in that and just been like not seeing him for who he is and trying to make him be somebody he's not. Instead of just saying, being having courage and being like, this isn't what I want, you know? And, and that's okay. You know, it's okay. Like he's a great person. You know, I'm a great person. It doesn't mean like anybody's wrong. It's just, maybe this isn't the, the right match for me. And I, and I have faith 
that I do deserve to be, I wouldn't have this dream of this relationship in my heart if it wasn't true for me. Like I believe that the divine put it in my heart because it's my destiny and it's in my heart because I'm being called to, to align with it. Like it's, it's constantly reminding me like, Hey, are you aligning with this? Are you aligning with this? Are you not? Because you don't believe it, you know? And so stop projecting is my first one is have courage to open yourself up to that space of, if it's not the person that you're currently with, that doesn't need to be a scary thing. It can be an exciting thing. And so I started to drop that expectation. And when I was journaling, I would, when I pray and journal and meditate on this, the two things I would always say is like, if it's my current partner and he's like magically going to like transform into <laughs> transform this like into somebody else. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's going to just like have this spiritual awakening and do the inner work and all these things. Like, great. I'm all for that. I will be right there. And if it's not align me, realign me and I will let go. I will let go. Like, and also don't forget to ask, like, you know, it doesn't have to be so painful. Like we can always ask for our pain to be like taken from us. Like I always will say like, and it, that's so scary. And if it's going to hurt, like take that from me, like, just like, I will show up, just, just take it from me, you know? And so that was one of the first things. And I had a second thing, but now I forgot. So maybe Matt. <laughs> so, yeah, I like, I like that as far as if you're in a relationship. And so let's say now if you're not in one, so that was more so my situation. Here's what I did that was that you can really actively charge. This is first and foremost, you can, uh, I highly recommend writing it out and giving it some time to think about it and give it some visualization. So the core of what I always recommend people to do is stay, stay focused on the feelings and the energy of what you want it to feel like. So instead of describing, say how they physically you want them to physically look, describe how you want to feel with them. The reason why this is most important is because if we get, if we get the ego involved in the external details of it, then it, then we can block uh, the perfect person because we're too, too fixated on the wrong things. This, that's a sign. That's a sign. This is a sign. That's a sign. Yeah. No. It, it's like, no, not necessarily. Like you might be missing the person because they don't look the way you want them to look, or they don't have the, the amount of money you want them to have or whatever those things are. So instead we want to focus on like, let's say those two topics. So let's say on the topic of romance, well, why don't you just focus on we're madly in love. We're so passionate. We appreciate each other. We see each other's gifts. We see, uh, we, we cherish and, and enjoy uh, our time together, right? Like describe that type of stuff because that's what you really want anyway. We don't right. really care about the external stuff at the end of the day. We're, we're all technically, we want the subjective stuff. It's how we feel when we're with people that we love. So focus on the feeling so that your, your ego doesn't get uh, blocked by the external stuff. And it, like, let's say with money, even don't say like, oh, we want to have this much money. Say, I want to feel abundant. I want to feel secure. Do you see like focus on the feelings you want? And then that way, when you're, when you're dating and when you're coming across these people, focus on how you feel with them. And then you'll say, oh, this is what I've been wanting to feel. And now I'm feeling it. Wow. This must be the person like this. It'll help you be able to see through the ego in the times of when you are dating people because the ego will always technically just so everybody can hear this, like the ego's never going to be satisfied. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Ruins ego's everything. Never, yes, exactly. And it's never going to be satisfied in a relationship because the ego will always nitpick and it will always find things it doesn't like, and it will always crave novelty. So even if you do find a beautiful, perfect relationship, the ego will eventually get bored with it and want something different. 
So we always want to do everything we can to get out of the ego and stay in our feeling where we, we which is another way of saying we want to stay in our soul, right? We want yeah. to stay in our consciousness. So my big thing was feeling based. My whole like in writing out vision process was what do I want this to feel like on the day to day? What do I want our life to feel like? What do I want my time with her to feel like? I mean, and you can get as specific as you want, because the cool thing about this is you really can't go wrong describing the subjective feelings because anybody that, that opens the door for the universe to be able to give you the right person. Cause you're not limiting it with, Oh, well they need to be this tall and they need to be <laughs> this and they need to be from this country. And like, you know what I mean? It's like, we technically are the ones making it so difficult for the universe to mm. send us our person because we're saying, no, it only needs to come in this way. And then the universe is like, man, I had like a thousand other ways I could have given you. Right. I could have given you your but, dream person, <laughs> but you were worried about their hair color or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's kind of funny. We have to kind of shed all of those more superficial things and stay focused on what actually matters. Um, and then I think the other thing too, is just being, being open and, and knowing that you first of all, deserve it and, and accept it. I think we have to do a lot of inner work around becoming also, Oh, here's a good one to help with that. One of the biggest things as I was writing this all out is I looked at that list and I said, okay, am I that? Now, whatever we want in our partner, we better damn well make sure we are. So if I want my partner to be spiritual and like self-aware and accountable, I better be the embodiment of that as well. So one of the fun things that I focused on while I was waiting for her is I would always tell myself, I would say, hey, I'm just getting ready for you. So if I haven't found you yet, I'm going to assume that I'm not ready so that I can stay empowered and realize I am doing something each and every day rather than just waiting around. And I, so, so the way you can look at it is if you haven't found that person yet, it means you're not a match yet. Mm. And so that gives you something to be doing. That gives you something to be focusing on, which is to say, not in like a negative yeah, way. Yeah, not in a negative way at like, all. It's, like, it's almost like we're being protected. Like if we weren't ready yet and we did enter that relationship maybe too early. Yeah, maybe you would. Um, right, you would lose it and mess it up, right? Exactly. Yes. So the universe and divine is making sure that when we are with united that with that person, like we're going to be ready. And, and we're it can be have, the real deal. We're going to have the tools to sustain it and to work through whatever comes up because it's not just going to be rainbows and butterflies. Right, I was going to so. say because, you know, as my... A therapist would say of her favorite question is to ask me, what do you want to heal in your next relationship? And I was just like, what? <laughs> when, I, when we first started working together, I was like, excuse me. I was like, that's why I'm here. Like to figure all of that out before she was like, you wow. think that you're not going to heal in your, your relationship or in a marriage. And she, I was like, but that's why, that's why I'm here. She started busting out laughing. She was like, I'm sorry, that was unprofessional, but she was like, that's not how it works. So with that being said of you doing all of that pre-work, when you do get into this relationship that you've called in and then those things come up, now, when you're doing that work, because you two talk about some really tough issues and things, how do you face that together in your growth? Because you're still growing separately and now you have your, your person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we really built our relationship on um, inner work, like being the foundation of our relationship that 
together this really, we call it the yoga of relationship. So it means like, you know, yoga is this path of self-realization, of enlightenment, of ultimately getting free, right? Getting free from all this ego stuff we're talking about. And so there's so many ways you can go on this path. Path is like infinite ways. One of those ways is you can get free through your relationship. And that's called the yoga of relationship. So in that sense, your partner is your guru. They are your greatest teacher. They reveal to you your ignorance. It's their job. It's their duty. It's like their karmic. It's literally like you guys came down here together so that you could do this together. Like they're going to, they're going to play that role for you on purpose for your awakening. So there's nothing that's coming up in your relationship. That's just like a fluke or an accident or shouldn't be happening. It's all purposeful and every single situation that is uncomfortable or intense is an opportunity for us to get free of something. And so that's an exciting way to look at it. It's like, oh, this is coming up because we must be ready to get free from something mm. instead of, oh, this is coming up because we're misaligned and you're, you're the problem. You're the problem. And so like the world, you know, in a sense, has painted this picture of like, that's what relationship is, is only for fun. And if anything disturbing comes up, it's a sign, it's a sign, it's a sign you're not aligned. And it's like, is no, it's perfect. Like they're bringing up your stuff. Like as long as you both are committed to this approach, you can have a very successful relationship. Now, if you're not both committed to this approach, you can still have a successful relationship that one person who is, is going to come become extremely enlightened through that process of staying in a relationship with someone who's not willing to look at their, their stuff. Right. And they're going to keep working on themselves throughout that. But we're in this commitment together, the yoga of relationships. So everything is an opportunity for us to get free from whatever's blocking us from peace, compassion, love, all those good things. If it's not in that moment, if we're in our low self, anger, blame, fear, that's coming up because we need to see it and their partner's revealing that to us. It's an opportunity to, opportunity to heal it. So to answer that question, like, what does it look like and what, what can we, what do we do? How do we approach it? So first and foremost, yeah, totally. Like what I take from what Ash was just saying is first and foremost, you got to know, like, is there a buy-in? Are we doing this together or is this just me? And that's always a huge thing we're helping couples through is sometimes your partner doesn't want to, and you got to just know that and then just and then work with that accordingly. So let's just assume though, for the sake of this conversation that you both totally are in. So when we're both in agreement, um, I was actually just talking to a couple on um, one of my clients last night, actually, we were talking, we were going through this. So it's like super fresh on my mind. So first and foremost is, I think it's so important in relationships to realize that the discomfort you are feeling whenever you get triggered is not coming from the partner or from the situation the discomfort comes from the belief that is getting triggered. Mm. So for example, so for example, let's say Ash does something and it makes me feel really insecure and judged. Now she didn't do that. The insecure, the belief that I am insecure and judged is what's making me hurt. What's making me uncomfortable. So first and foremost, the, the biggest thing as a couple to know is that the pain and discomfort we're feeling is not, the truth of who we are. It's not each other. It's a program from our past getting brought to the surface. And it's extremely uncomfortable. Yes, because it's usually a past trauma. However, don't confuse that pain is not 
from the current moment. That pain is something old that has never been resolved. Mm. And so this keeps you on the same team because here's the biggest thing that that is so important for us all to understand about the human psyche is that when we are uncomfortable, the human ego does two huge ways to avoid it. It will project it. And that's in the form of blaming it outside itself. So it'll say, you're the problem, the world's the problem, the government's the problem, anything outside of itself. And it will always project the, the discomfort coming from outside so that it never has to take any accountability and be you know, looked at. The next thing it will do is it will mask. So you got to be careful. Am I masking? Am I chasing drugs, alcohol, porn? Do I just want to have sex with my partner so we don't have to talk about this anymore? Like you name it, or do we need to go have a date and have some food, right? All our favorite ways to mask. So we got to be careful in my masking. So these are two, two huge mechanisms of the ego of how it avoids discomfort. So instead, what we have to do is when we know that we, we make sure, okay, am I projecting my masking? No. Okay. I'm here. I'm sitting with it. I'm present. I'm just going to, ah, my biggest thing, whenever these triggers happens is just say, just take a breath and let it be there. And just be like, yep, my mind is swirling with tons of like fear and negative doubt, self-talk right. and attack and doubt or whatever, right? It's got all this stuff going on. My body's freaking out. I'm tense. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm whatever, right? And just, it's okay. Just let it be there. Breathe and just be like, yep, it is there. And I'm watching it. And what this does is you finally get out of it and you can watch it because mm-hmm. in a relationship, so long as you can't watch it, you're screwed because you will become the problem. You'll, you'll, you'll get sucked into it. So if I think going back to that example, that Ash is like, Oh, she's the one judging me. She's the one creating all this pain in me. Then my ego is going to make her the enemy in that moment. And so my biggest thing with when I'm working with couples is to tell them like, you got to first and foremost, not make each other the enemy. You have to stay on the same side. Because as soon as your ego determines that your partner is the enemy, you're, there's no coming back from that because now you're just going to fight. Right. You're just going to fight. Exactly. Because once everybody's ego is triggered and gets defensive, you're locked in. There's no healing going to come from that. So first and foremost, I think, is just when we get triggered to see, okay, we're actually solving this together. And the discomfort that is arising is not each other. It's from a past trauma, a past right. belief. So, So with this example, to wrap it up, it's like, if Ash is triggering a bunch of judgment and insecurity in me, we then sit with that and I go, I become curious about it. I say, wow, interesting. Where have I felt this before? And maybe even when's the earliest I can remember feeling this Mm. way. And all of a sudden I'm taken back to my mom ripping me for like (laughs) spilling a cup and you, what are you doing? Why did you do that? You know? And then now all of a sudden I'm like, ah, so I'm still dealing with this five-year-old version of me. That's never been resolved because he still feels deeply insecure and judged because of, you know, mom was laying into me for making a mistake. And now you start to be like, oh, so that's what this is right now. And then, you know, you can actually work with that because now you're not attacking each other. You're on the same team trying to unpack it. No, that's a great example. I, and I think going back to the calling in, you want to call in someone who's going to be able to do that with you and be in the trenches, especially emotionally and spiritually. Because I think people miss that part because that's why I asked you when the trauma and the triggers happen. I've been in a relationship before where I did not even feel safe enough 
to go through that with someone. And I'm sure a lot of other people have been in relationships where you don't even feel safe to do that type of work together because that's intense when you get triggered, when traumas happen and things like that. And then now I'm supposed to look to this person to like kind of ride out with me into the sunset on this healing journey of this thing when I don't even trust them that they have my best interests at heart. So I think that's a big piece of everybody listening, just calling in someone as well who can ride with you on that emotional journey, on that healing journey, because it's always going to happen. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I want to, it's a great point. And I want to say too, what it's making me think of is it's so important too, because see, they're going to usually get partner because when you start to work through that, they might get offended. Like, this is what I was seeing, like with this couple I was working with yesterday is like, so let's say I'm working through like some, what if it's more personal? What if it's like, I don't want to be married, you know? And I'm like working through that belief. She, she doesn't want to hear that. That's going to, that could offend her. If she's not in the right space, she might be like, what you're working through what, or I, or, or let's talk about the topic of addiction. I just, you know, I really just want to go back to all my addiction. I want to go look at porn. I want to go drink. I want to go smoke. I want to go do all my things. And she's like, what you want to jeopardize, you know, like, so when you're working through those types of traumas where it really impacts your partner, I think one huge caveat that's so powerful, if you guys, you know, for those listening that want to do this work with the person, here's my biggest like it's such a subtle trick, but it's, it's a game changer is when, before you unpack what it is, say, Hey, this is just what's coming up for me. I don't believe it. I'm aware that this is a past program and I need help sifting through it. But I want you to know that I don't actually, I'm not indulging and believing in this, but it is what I'm dealing with in my head. Mm. Okay. So instead of, cause see what we found over the years of doing this work together is Let's say I would say that I would say, well, I just have all these beliefs that being single is better and I should just stay, you know, I should just be doing my thing and I don't want to be married. And this is a mistake. I have all these beliefs. Usually people just say they act or they act out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just think like I should, I think I would be better. I want to be single or whatever. They're not exploring like, where did that come from? What if that's just a belief or what if that's just a coping mechanism or a response that unawareness is what triggers our partner because we think. Oh, this is, they really think that this is who they are. Right. So the, the idea of what Matt's saying, it has been so helpful in our relationship when we finally got to that point of figuring that out of separating ourselves when we're processing with our partner of, okay, I don't want to leave this relationship. I don't want to go cheat on you. I don't want to be with other people, but this temptation does boil up within me. I feel it happen. Like I get these thoughts and it's like, it feels intrusive and like, I don't want to believe these things. And, um, it's not that I want to act on them, but they do come up and I I do want to look at it and I do want to heal it. Then it's like, Oh, well, let me talk with you about that. We can work through that together. And I'm not offended. And I realize like, okay, let's figure out what that coping mechanism is from, you know, like, why do you want to run every time things get hard? Why why run? And then it's like, we're on the same team instead of like, you believe that you think that what? at each other and it's like yeah right and the reason why i asked that is because after watching your recent live and you know when this airs whoever looks at it go to you know your instagram and watch it about your money trauma and your ptsd and that's a big thing within couples so how were you how did you come to matt with that or you know bring that up because you said you were dealing with for about two or three years and you work together so you earn an income 
together as well. And then you have one person that has money issues and money trauma and blocks. So how do you rectify that within yourself and also not hurt the business of the relationship? You know what I mean? Cause that is your livelihood, you know? Yeah. Also, let me just say one thing real quick and then it's your totally your process. So you dive into it. I would say one thing real quick that helped, um, for me is, so we came from two very different financial childhoods. And so one of the things that we realized was this isn't about our, again, notice that this first step is so powerful. It's to realize this isn't about what's happening right now. It's about what happened in the past. So if Ash grew up in an extremely insecure environment, and I grew up in a very secure environment, of course, we don't, we're not seeing eye to eye on it. And I, I don't understand why she's afraid. And then likewise, she doesn't understand why I'm so relaxed. So that I would just say first is to realize it's remember always that it's, it's coming from somewhere else. And then I think that finally gave us the groundwork to start unpacking it. So I'm going to let Ash take it away. Exactly what I was going to say is that the thing that really helped and helped me finally have the space to heal was this realization Matt's talking about where he instead of um because then i don't take it personal okay so i'm having this trauma right i'm always afraid let me just break it down for the listeners is i'm always afraid that we're going to not have enough money i'm always stressed about bills i'm oh i'm hyper fixated or i was let's put it in the past i was i'm not this anymore i was hyper fixated on you know just uh, safety lack. security yeah yeah you know. like i'm always in lack so i need to think ahead and make sure and you know get things in, in and then so i'm preoccupied all the time with preparing to not be in Des- destitute right exactly, <laughs> exactly. And no disaster going surfing chilling like i'm I'm preparing for abundance literally gardening (laughs) this is a hilarious thing you guys i have i've had a trauma or a like preoccupation with him gardening because when i see him garden it says to me you're not helping us you're not in fight or flight with me what do you right you're just planting seeds how dare you (laughs) no i could see how that could trigger someone with money issues especially safety security coming from that background because you see someone who's just like you said going surfing like hello yeah i'm worried about six months from now why are you surfing exactly you nailed it you nailed it exactly and so how we got through this was this final piece of honestly like this is the yoga relationship y'all like i know we have to take accountability right i have to do this work on my own i need to look at myself but when you're in a relationship your relationship is a re-simulation for your childhood like you are now creating your own home Sorry, it's that like, scared me. Maybe that's why I'm still single. Sorry. It's it's like a thing, you know? It's like you're going to go create a home now. Where Where's your first home? Like you had a home environment. Now you're recreating your own home. And now you're the adults of that home instead of your parents being the adults of the home. It's like this reenactment. Yeah. And so you can heal it without your partner knowing this about you, but you would need to be like superhuman, you know? Right. What we really impossible. need- it's hard, you know, it's, it's effing hard. And so what's, what's helpful is in this yoga relationship is that we need to know our partner and we need to know their inner child wounds and we need to know their traumas. That's a love language, mm. understanding 
because who your partner actually is and where they come from so that you're not projecting onto them in the golden shadow way. You're not projecting onto them like, Oh, I just assume you're like me. I just assume you're like me. And it's like, no, no. literally like I'm not, I have extreme uh, fear around my security. And so when he started to show me that he saw that and like showed me love instead of just being annoyed, like, come on, we're fine. Come on. Like, like almost feels like gaslighting because right because yeah. that's what it comes sometimes comes across when you have that different perspective whether it's money religion just socioeconomic status just tons of things education it does look like gaslighting because it's like this one person doesn't have experience with that and so, so they're like what they? what what do you what's the problem why are you worried there's yes. money in the bank and you're like that doesn't mean anything Yes. So yeah, this is like, this is in our relationship. This is in the economy. This is in society at large. It's like the reason why we're having these issues because exactly that people cannot see that what other people are struggling with is real because they don't have that experience. And and our our ego is always projecting our view and our background onto each other subconscious that we don't realize we're doing it. But one of the things we unpacked was, oh, I guess I didn't realize that subconsciously I kind of made this assumption that you're the same as me. And we, so we all, and, and we all do this with each other. Here's a really good example. The only reason why we get mad at each other, like say in traffic or in the, in the stores and stuff, whatever, if you think about it, it's because we say, Oh my gosh, they should know better. It's like, well, according to what we projected accent, we always do this subconsciously. We project onto each other. You know what I know. And it's like, what if, so they, no, they don't. From they, his it's paradigm, different. the way I'm acting is completely unnecessary. Like silly, right? yeah. It's because it, from where he is, everything is fine. So it doesn't make any sense. So when he finally started to be like, wow, I see now, like this is real in your body. Your body has a memory. Your nervous system doesn't lie. Yeah. Your body and doesn't like, lie. Yes. And it's not real in the sense that it's actually like, we have security. Now we have a home, like we're okay. We're financially stable. We're responsible. Everything is actually totally fine in like the physical realm, but my body and internal world is still in the past in that trauma still unresolved, and it's still unresolved. So he started to meet me where I was instead of projecting onto me where he thinks I should be. And when he made that switch and started talking to me from where I actually am and not where he thinks I should just be because what's wrong with me. That's when I started to heal because I finally felt seen. I finally felt heard. I finally felt understood. He started get stopped getting mad at me for having a panic attack and instead come hold me and be like, you're safe. Right. Because he was taking care and talking to that part of you, that younger part of you. I I think I want to say something like something super important on what made that possible is until we clarify. That's why you'll notice I keep coming back to this topic is because this is honestly the biggest blockage to getting anywhere in a healing journey with a partner is so long as we take it personal, you're going to get stuck. So Mm. the only thing that helped me get out of this is yet again, I realized, Oh, this isn't about About me me. right now. This isn't about me because see, so long as I think her insecurities about me, my ego takes it so personal. I get offended and I'm like, and I'm like, are you you kidding me? I'm an amazing man. I'm showing up. You're fine. Like what? Like you're like, Like, look what we've done. Look what we've accomplished. What are you talking about? And she's like crying, like, um, hello, I'm afraid that we might not eat tomorrow. And it's like, random. 
addendum. It's just like, what the hell is going on? Exactly. I totally understand. Exactly. And so, you know, my ego can even go as far as getting like so confused and being like, dude, like you're spoiled. Like, what's your thing? Like, you're so fine. Right. So from my perspective, I'm projecting it that it's so personal and I'm mm. focusing in this moment. So you'll notice like this whole thing, conversation day, there, this, this first huge step of discerning what something is and where it comes from. I just cannot reiterate enough because so long as we get lost in thinking it's right now and in this moment, we won't make any progress because we will get offended. So once I realized, oh, this is five-year-old Ash growing up in a home with her mom on drugs and everybody's like stressed and it's an extreme environment that I have no relationship to. Now I'm like, oh, well, of course I can be there for that. Of course I can show up for you for that. Of course I can pour all this love into you and not get offended by that. And so that's, I think the biggest thing to really, really help is to see that it is not personal. It, it's not that she like has this issue with me. It's that this part of her needs to be addressed and loved. And for anybody who does have this trauma with money, like just to like give you some actual help for, you know, not even like putting it with your partnership is just start to um, actually work on being present, like touch the things in your house, like make a relationship with what you do have. Like we're so, it's like paradigm blindness. We don't see where we actually are. And so we're unnecessarily in this trauma because we literally are blind to we're not in it anymore. So it's doing that work to be like, I, today, this is where I am. And like, I am safe and I am, I do have this, I do have, you know, help or I do have money or I do have, you know, whatever you do have, even if it's like me in my story on my Instagram that you were referring to is at the time where I was at my lowest, I did have help. I had a friend helping me. I had a friend who gave me shelter and helped me have a job. And like, I was being helped. And so it's like focusing on that we are, you know, now and, and, and always coming back to the present so that we don't keep living in the trauma of this imaginary past. I love that. I love that. So my last couple of questions, um, cause both of you are Libras and I was like, I wonder how they do that. Like <laughs> my mom's a Libra. So I'm always like another mom, like, wow. But how is it working together as a couple? What is that besides the, you know, of course, nuances of there's sometimes challenges and everything, but overall for the big picture of your purpose, how does that feel to like have oh. someone who you can work together with? I, I honestly think our joke is since you brought up the Libra thing is, you know, Libras are all about relationship. Right. And so we actually think it's hilarious and apropos because of course we're the yoga of relationship teachers because we're two Libras. And so we're obsessed with it. And we like love looking at relationships and helping people in their relationships and being in our own relationship. And so I think honestly, it it's kind of why we are who we are and it makes perfect sense that we do this work together because uh, that's what, you know, we're all about. And and also I think too, with Libra, the Libra aspect of it is we're always craving to find balance. Mm -hmm. And so with that, uh, using my own example, I'm extreme as heck. Like I swing to one side and I'm like, Oh, this isn't working. And then I swing to the other side and then I'm working. And then finally I go, okay, I gotta be in the middle. And that's kind of like this process. And so I think it's kind of funny for us. That's, I think the large part of 
how we've become who we are, how we teach what we teach is because of that extreme trying to find balance. I think it helps us be able to relate and understand, like, for example, with my addictions, it's like to understand how to help people through addiction. I had to go become an addict, then get myself out of it, then become really staunchly sober and then realize that was like, now, now I'm too rigid. And now like, right, like I, it was just kind of this funny thing of, I think that's literally what makes our teachings what it is, is because mm. of that Libra quality of like wanting people to find love, wanting people to have a relationship with themselves, with their partner, with divine. So I think it's just kind of, it's just kind of obvious, like, yeah, we're, we're the Libra couple for <laughs> the sure. Libra <laughs> That's, and so also too, I, you have very different human design aura types. So how, how are you hanging in there, Ash? Cause I know you're a reflector and I'm just like, okay, you have this energy over here. Like, how are you doing? <laughs> are you all right? I'm are you right. okay? Blink twice. <laughs> if you need some rest, blink twice. <laughs> yeah, Matt is, um, yeah, Matt's a manifester. I'm a reflector. So it's been, it's been both things. Like it's been really intense. And it's also when we get into our, you know, potential and our truth, it's like, it's a magical combination. So we're always working on like staying in our highest potential with our, with our aura types. So like Matt is like that initiating aura. And then I'm here being the reflector and, um, uh, the way that like I've framed it to help Matt, like care about my guidance without eating me alive because he thinks I'm initiating him or telling him what to do is that, you know, he's like in his leadership and he's initiator. And what I can do from a higher perspective is like, give him guidance or like foresight on what I see. Cause I tend to like be able to reflect the environment or situation right. really well. And that it's not me telling him what to do. It's just like, it's like, if he had like, I don't know if he was like playing like a, some kind of game where he has like a kingdom or something. It's like, I can say like, Hey, if you go to the right, like this is what you're going to face. And if you go to the left, this is what you're going to face. And these will be the repercussions of that and just leave the choice up to him. And I'm just there to reflect and give the options of what I'm seeing. I feel like I'm like, you know, like on the ships where people are like able to, to look out and see the icebergs ahead or like forewarn. I'm really good at that is just reflecting and him as the initiator, he's really good at like taking charge and initiating and taking action on things where I don't, I can't take all that action. Like I can just see stuff and like, right, talk right, about right, it. right. And yeah. so it's when we work together, that's beautiful because I can have all these brilliant ideas of like where the future is heading and like what we need to do in society and like, what's the next trending like thing. And I can just see, you know, what's happening. And then he can be like, okay, I will make a plan for that and initiate that. But we have to both uh, see each other's gifts and honor that uh, and, and yeah, value our differences to, to make that potential work really well. And when we do, we, we crush it. Like we're amazing. We, we make magic together. And when we don't, it's like it's Mr. and Mr. Smith and you should just get away because yeah. it's dangerous. It, it's, yeah. To, to speak to that, it's really, so the human design part is fascinating. Like her and I are, it's so true for us and, and our experiment as we've like really paid attention and been into human design for the last couple of years now. So it's totally that to a T and, and I think where it gets, where we run into trouble is if she sees, um, she's being modest. She seriously 
can write me out like 30 things that like could improve. And she always can do that. She can always see all well, these that's things. The- beauty of a reflector so you know i'm a projector so i know that as well but that's the beauty of a reflector they're going to reflect back to you i always say my whole thing is if you want to know if you're going to work for a company or a brand or anything hopefully there's a reflector there and you can go ask them what's going on and then because you're going to know the truth about it Yes. But then when I'm in my not self, I get so offended. Right. And I don't want to hear all that stuff. I just want to hear accolades and like, good job. Right. It is what it is. Right. It's just like, well, this is an okay place to work because, or I always say, if you want someone who is going to be like the company mascot, hire a reflector. If If it's the good place to work, they will reflect that and they will be the ultimate like brand ambassador for you. So yes. I love the reflector energy. <laughs> it's also funny though, in a relationship, because if, um, if I'm not doing well, then it's a reflection. Of right. Uh, right. Uh, nothing's happening. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. So but it's so good it's a, though. Oh yeah. No, I totally, I know that my, my favorite thing is to say, like, I definitely know that I wouldn't be the man I am today without, without Ash. I mean, she is my, my greatest, like, everything you know she's my total queen and and absolutely i know that as hard as it is to get that feedback and that reflection all the freaking time you know i I live with a mirror you know so what 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 hurts is when i don't show up and initiate on all the things she sees it makes her extremely anxious and exhausted because disappointed and disappointed Disappointed. yeah so and damn, with all my judgment wounds, man, I'm having to heal a lot because my wife can feel really disappointed with me sometimes if I'm not initiating because she she needs me to do that. She needs me to take the energy because she doesn't have it. So I think that's the biggest thing with human design that we've had to learn is for me as a manifester, we don't want to be initiated. So it's a tricky thing. So what I've had to really learn how to do is I'll write down everything she wants or, or that she sees and I'll like write it all down. And then what we've learned as a tact in, in skill for this is then I initiate on those things rather than her being like, okay, we need to do these things now, literally do this, this, and this, Matt. So that was like, this has been the balance we've found because it, for any manifestors out there, if someone tells you what to do, it probably ruffles you and makes you a little annoyed. Whereas when you feel like you get it, you, it's your idea and you get to launch it, you, right. it feels really magical. And we just like have endless energy and we get it done and we feel great about it. So that was our biggest balance um, is we write it out and then I'm able to initiate on it so that I feel really good. I feel empowered. And then she knows she feels really good because she knows I'm going to chip away at that list. Right. I love that. I love that. So my last two questions. So my if you could do you have to choose one or the other and give a reason why do the last five years over or go five years ahead. Which would you pick and why? Whoa, what a question. Well, I definitely want to do the next five years. Yeah. Okay. So you go to the, okay. You go to the next five years. Okay. The last last five years were a (laughs) brutal gauntlet for us. You're like, I don't want to go back. Okay. No, No, (laughs) I don't ever want to go back to that. Okay. So the next five years. Okay. And my last question, what do you believe is your superpower? Ooh. Yeah, I think I'll take it away first. Okay, so, whew. 
Okay. Can we I think... for each other instead? Oh, oh okay. okay. Yes. Okay. Answer for each okay. other. Okay. We're going to switch it up. Okay. Let's do it. I think that Matt's superpower is he's a healer. Like he meets people that, I mean, I just watch mm. him in awe. Like he can talk to anybody and have breakthroughs with them in the most profound ways that he makes people feel really loved and seen. And I feel like when he's in his truth, he almost has like this, like, I don't know, like kind of like a Christ-like energy. Like when he's with, when he's helping somebody, it's like unconditional love, unconditional, like holding. And I just, I watch people like who were withering away, like, like rebloom, like just when he, when he helps somebody or when he gives advice or mm. when he's, and I just think you're like a wow. really prophetic, just, I don't know, like you just channel it. It's just, I think your gift is you're a healer. And, I, and I, I love watching you do that. My favorite thing is to go into hell with people and be like, I'm getting you the f exactly. out of here. It's, like, oh, yeah. we are guess, getting out together. Maybe like, it's we not are Christ like out. energy. It's more like Shiva, too. <laughs> Shiva. It's like, <laughs> like warriors in there. Yeah. Like, his, his, wow. the stuff that he deals with, like, on a daily so basis. So heavy. It's, but I, I love could, it. I could never talk to the. Yeah. You definitely could never. You would like be in a ball, <laughs> fetal position, much. crying like every day. It's everything. It's, you know, he helps people out of suicidal lows. Like it's, it's deep. And like he does it with such grace and like he's just not afraid. I get so pumped. And on he it. doesn't feel like, oh no, like I don't know if I can handle this with this person. He loves it. He dives right in. And like I would be like, I don't know, maybe you should go get professional help. You know, like <laughs> right. he's like, he's there. And I just, uh, so I guess, yeah, like I just love seeing that about you. Okay. So for Ash, her superpower is, we kind of already touched on it a little bit, but I have never met. Okay. Here's a way to word it. She is the ultimate Oracle. I'm married to an Oracle. Like I have my own legit Oracle. Like Ash's superpower is she, you wouldn't even believe she can look at anything and just sum it up, understand it, completely down to its aura. I've seen her with people where she can be in someone's presence and meet someone and she can know their whole life, what they're dealing with, what's going on, what they need to be aware of and how to do this, this, how, what their next step is. And it's, it's a level of intuition and like awareness and oracleness that I have just, it's freaking mind blowing. It's like extremely psychic. And, uh, Oh, the other thing too, is the predictions she'll have for us. You know, it's like, she'll have these predictions of our, throughout our life. She'll literally be like, mm, yeah, I think we're going to probably like this one time she was like, yeah, I think we're going to go live in California for a short while. Then we're going to move to Hawaii. I think, I think we're going to be moving to Hawaii. This was like years ago. Sure enough, all that happened. And what, but not like, obviously it was just like, oh, this person invited us to do this and this. Right. So, so future premonitions, um, being able, she can look at a business and she can sum up all the things that are not working and what they need to fix. And these, it's just like this level of, of magic. And I, I just refer to it as the Oracle because that ability to see through things and just see and, and help them reach their potential. I think the loving cool part about this Oracle nature of her is she helps, she can help anyone and anything reach its potential. If the person's willing to put in the energy. And that's why I love her so much and cherish her so much because I know, like I just said earlier, it, it, she makes, she helps me become my ultimate self. That's her gift. She helps people realize their ultimate potential. And it's like, wow, what a beautiful gift to give people their true self to them and be like, here, here's who, here your true self is. And here's 
what you what you need to do to become that version of you that I know you really want to be. Oh, that was sweet. <laughs> so where can everybody find you all? And I'll put it in the show notes and everything. So we're the yoga couple on all social media, TikTok, Instagram at the yoga couple. You can also go to the yoga And our book is the inner work. Yes. The inner work on Amazon. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. I'm sure you will help some single people and some couples who are probably in distress. <laughs> so, thank you so much for having us. This was such you. a pleasure and a joy. Like I just really enjoyed this conversation so much. Awesome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Is My Aura on Street. This podcast was produced by Callie Green and edited by Adam Ross. If you loved this episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Until next time, bye-bye.